Hello. Thank you for downloading this podcast of the NYU Abu Dhabi Institute. We hope you enjoy listening to this. For more information about our programs, please visit www.nyuad.nyu.edu slash institute. Okay, uh, good evening, everybody, and um, thank you for attending. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Ghanem Kashwani, and I'm welcoming you today for our talk about the role of innovation in scientific research. Uh, first of all, I'm very thankful for NYU to, to be uh, invited as a moderator. And today, I'm very pleased uh, to be with the panel uh, with His Excellency Hussein Al-Mahmoudi. We have been sharing a lot of uh, stage before, but this is, I, I believe it is the first time uh, I'll be the moderator. So, and thanks for your atten- all the attendees. And um, I believe that today we have a very interesting topic and we have... Um, uh, the right person to talk about it, you know, the the, the topic itself. It says um, the innovation role in scientific research, and the, these days we we heard about the word innovation in in, in different uh, conferences and different occasions. But how it is it is related to the scientific research, and um, recently we we witnessed that in charge we have the research park and it was one of the pioneer institution organization that um, uh, tried to uh, do the combination between the innovation and the research so your excellency uh, again thanks a lot for accepting and um, tell us in the beginning uh, that about the research park because i believe it is one of the real uh, organizations in the world and uh, the only one you eat that combined by its title, the Innovation Research and the same organization. Uh, thank you, Dr. Uh, thank you, Dr. Ghanem. Uh, appreciate your introduction. I would like also to take uh, uh, the opportunity to applaud NYU for uh, organizing such exciting events and session engaging the local uh, community and uh, the local stakeholders and also uh, the ecosystem to be part of this dialogue, which is very important, I think, for all of us uh, to get to know what we are doing. I think uh, Sharjah Research and Technology Park represent the UAE leadership vision to accelerate knowledge economy and to accelerate research and development and to accelerate innovation. So as we all know, uh, the UAE has an innovation strategy, uh, a knowledge economy strategy 2030, Uh, This strategy outlines the development of different sectors, such as education, energy, healthcare, transport, and logistics. Uh, These are the umbrella strategy. Within this strategy, each Emirates has its own approach of addressing innovation. Uh, We see in Abu Dhabi projects like Master City, which is taking the lead in developing certain innovation related to energy and renewable, for example. We see in Dubai, the Dubai, the Dubai Future Foundation, which also focuses on specific elements. In Sharjah, we have Sharjah Research and Technology Park. Sharjah Research and Technology Park is technically owned by the American University of Sharjah. So we are very privileged to be part of a strong university with a strong academia background and a strong student base. Of course, we are also part of a larger ecosystem of education, which is the Sharjah University City, which hosts more than 22 university and education institutions, 
more than 45,000 students and more than 2,000 PhD. So this is by itself is a strong start for us as a technology park. Our objective is really to become a platform where we bring academia, private sector, government, and non-for-profit organization to help accelerate innovation, to help accelerate entrepreneurship, to help accelerate research and developments. So this is a nutshell what Sharjah Research and Technology Park is all about. Thanks, Your Excellency. It's really interesting, you know, you mentioned in a couple of interesting points, first of all, your location with the universities, because I remember that we share a lot of talk about R&D, and you told me, Ghanem, uh, we're thinking about R&D in a different way. It is not the conventional way. People see R&D sometimes, let's say, like in industry sometimes as um, extra cost, and academia sometimes in the uh, conventional way as publication pattern. But you told me, we need to change this landscape, we need to change this mentality because R&D is not only publication, R&D is not only patent, R&D should be also profit. And and you talk about more applied research. So uh, I believe that um, there is a life example that uh, already shared apart, they put it, you can talk more about 3D printing. And changing this mentality, I believe it's not easy. You know, you deal with academic people, with full professors, you deal with industry. How we can change this mentality? Because it's not easy, Your Excellency, you're talking about mentality have been built from years and years. So what do you think the drive to change it here and starting from UAE to the world? I think uh, to start with, when we talk about research and development or any other things, we have to keep in mind the content or the context of the United Arab Emirates. The United Arab Emirates is a young country. We just celebrated our 50th year. Those past 50th year, the country, we're focusing on developing its infrastructure, both soft infrastructure, people, relationship, etc., and hard infrastructure, roads, telecommunication, airports, etc., etc. So now we are going to the next 50 years with an aspiration of becoming a knowledge economy-based country. Uh, I don't think we need to change anything. To be to start with, I do not think we have a model that reflects our own, uh, let's say, uh, characteristic as a country. Uh, I don't think the model of us cutting and pasting what is happening in the U.S. or in China or in, in India or in Europe will necessarily work here. We have to work out a model that really reflects our own environment because UAE is a unique country. It's a very young country, very rich country, very diverse country, uh, country with a lot of relationship, uh, a lot of uh, potential. So while, of course, we need to learn from best practices elsewhere, I believe we have to work on our own model. And I think our own model starts with our own uh, ecosystem, i.e. empowering our education system, empowering our private sector, empowering our government, uh, uh, integrating uh, uh, R&D in our mindset as a society. So I believe we have to come up with our own model. And that starts from understanding our own local strength, our own local challenges, our own local opportunities and weaknesses. And I think that's the trick. And you, won't, you will not be able to do this without getting your hand dirty and going to the nitty gritty of the challenges 
that, for example, a university or a school goes through. You won't be able to do this without understanding the integrity details of what is the private sector going through, what challenges, what opportunities, what threats they have. And the same thing apply to the government institutions. We have to develop a common language among us all. And that's why I think this session today that MOU, NYU leading on this dialogue is very important because it brings uh, know-how and understanding for all parties involved. What we've been trying to do at the park is really to have a pragmatic approach to how we approach R&D. So I always tell people there is no one size fits all. Every opportunity has its own unique approach. Again, we are just starting. So there is no model uh, like, let's say, US or Europe or China or India. We have to create that model. And that model needs some time to be evaluated and to be vetted. And it could, be, it could go wrong and it could go right. But we are busy identifying opportunities or topics that really reflect the interest of all the stakeholders. And this is how we start this. Thanks a lot to your excellency. Um, I mean, you took a very vital point. Uh, you said, Hannah, we cannot do exactly the same. We need to study the status quo. And I believe, uh, as an academic, I believe so. I mean, there's many initiatives, you know, in R&D. Um, I'm very happy for that. You know, recently we have the R&D council. We have the um, uh, different uh, local council, different emerging in R&D. But yes, we need to sit. We need to, because it is, we have an R&D, but it is somehow scattered here and there. And it is best to talk together. And we need our priority. And we have the common language and create a common language between us. And I think the common language should be between all the stakeholders. And you say the private sector. Um, going back to the history, the R&D development, the big jump in this work, it was not from the university, it was by the private sector. Because the people who gamble are from the private sector. And we need, I think, to give the initiative to the private sector, you know what, go and take the risk. And for the R&D, as I said, most of the organization, they have an R&D, but exactly uh, there is no... the risk taking in the R&D, they, they see it as sometimes some organization as an ex, uh, a non-core business, although it's play an extremely important role. So creating this common language, Your Excellency, do you think it starts from proper governance or it starts from a you know, uh, success story? I mean, maybe we have a success story, then this story, we can share it to the community, then we create a, a proper governance. What the role of the governance so that we have proper roadmap for all the stakeholders. I think uh, the governance is very important, but what is more important than governance, in my opinion, at this stage is leadership. Uh, there are different models in different countries. I, I agree with you. I think, I think R&D, of course, the home for R&D should be university, especially when we are talking about fundamental research. But the private sectors also play a role. A private, I, I, I have to change the word gambling. The private sector would, want, would not gamble. The private sector or the CEO of whatever company or the investor will evaluate an opportunity. But then it's the role of the government to support in certain countries around the world. If you are a company who want to embark on, let's say, an R&D activity, the government will come 
and say for every $10 you spend, the government will subsidize $7.5. So you spend, let's say, $100,000. At the end of the day, at the end of the year, you will get back $750,000 of that $100,000. Sorry, $75,000. On top of that, you will get free space. You will get all the support you need for employment and others and others. So that's the role of the government and to identifying things and subsidizing and support. Then we go to universities. We can't make it difficult for an entrepreneur or a company to access professors or students or labs. If I go today to a university in UAE and I say, good morning, I have this idea, I would like to do other research, the answer would be great, we are very excited, but it will cost you, I don't know, something like $30,000, and that's $30,000 or $40,000, $20,000 will go to the university, and $20,000 will go to the professor. Nobody can afford that. So the university role is really to make also things accessible, and uh, I don't want to say cheap, but reasonable to encourage people to get into this. So it's not only about the government subsidizing and about the entrepreneurs or the business coming up, also about our education sector. We have to find an equilibrium where everybody meets at the same point where it makes sense for everyone to engage. And that's, uh, Dr. Ghanem, the model I'm talking about. And that's what I mean by understanding each other and developing common language because otherwise we have break down in the in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the uh, arrangement and in the system and we will not go anywhere we can't make things expensive because we are not we we have competition you know companies mm. entrepreneurs investors they are better off going in, in uh, other countries uh, around around us which is cheaper so why would they come to us and we have to understand this. We should not look at things short term. We should look at things mid term and long term. And we have to make our, we have to keep our cost low. Whether I am a university or I am government or I am a private sector to compete. Otherwise, no point. I'm better off buying technology from somewhere else, like we do now, for example. Your Excellency, I mean, you missed the word that to be more affordable. I mean, why it is so hard for universities? I mean, that we have here more than 150 universities in UAE in total. Why it is hard for them to understand this equation? I mean, now every university, they have incubation, they have startups. So they know the importance of the role of startups in R&D. Why it is hard for them to understand this, that, you know, there is other market outside. So if it was not um, have the... Uh, right parameters or uh, the affordable price, then the movement will not start here. Uh, what do you think? Why it is hard for university to understand this? Because this is because of the old mentality have been before, or because there is no, as we mentioned, there is no ecosystem, there is no roadmap. Why it is so difficult for them to understand this? I don't think it's uh, it's so difficult. I think uh, the, the university, and this is my own my own understanding. I could be wrong. Our universities were not designed to be 
research-based universities. They are designed to be education. Now they've been asked to transform, and transformation takes time. And that's a natural phase. But we see today, for example, more and more universities like NYU, like Khalifa University, like the American University of Sharjah, like University of Sharjah, embarking on research activities. And I think it's a matter of time that this is eventually, eventually we will get it. The same thing applied to also our private sector. You will see now more and more companies uh, 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 promoting R&D, supporting R&D, et cetera, et cetera. But again, I think it's very important, I go to my earlier point, to understand the local nitty-gritty details. We should not be fooled by, let's say, uh, hypotheses or or, or or media or public relation, we should fo- stay focused and touch the ground, touch the ground. We can't develop this in 30,000 fields. We have to go to the industries. We have to go understand what they go through and also work with them in developing opportunities. Because a lot of, a lot of time, the know-how is not there. And that's part of, of, of what we should do. Yes, it's important that we talk about artificial intelligence, talk about metaverses, talk about blockchains, talk about space. But if our local community, if our local industry, if our local government in general, they don't understand these industries, we were not going to go anywhere. So I emphasize on the, on the point of awareness. We should raise awareness. We should educate people. We should educate our communities about the opportunities in this field. And I think once we have that, once we have that uh, touching point, I think the opportunity is humongous. I'm very proud today UAE actually is embarking in big projects in R&D. But I think our aspiration is even bigger. And I, I think the next five to 10 years will be a very exciting years for us in the UAE when it comes to you know, R&D and knowledge economy. Thanks a lot, Your Excellency. I mean, you mentioned, I mean, the, the, the word that it, uh, in the early, that it is not only government role. And um, in, uh, in, in this area, sometimes people, they think all the initiatives should come from the government. But as you said, there's different stakeholders, there's different players in the game. So you said that designing the university was not to be research-based. But now, let's talk about the bigger umbrella here is the knowledge-based economy. How we can redesign our university our industry, uh, our research park to be part of knowledge-based economy. And people, I mean, not many people, when we talk about knowledge-based economy, even if you go to the public, still they don't have the solid knowledge um, about the knowledge-based economy. They don't know what knowledge-based economy, how we can make profit from knowledge-based economy. I usually say, you know, as a researcher, R&D is a profit. Eventually, it should be a profit. So how, what do you think, how we can redesign our ecosystem and to be knowledge-based economy? I don't have the answer, Dr. Ghanem, because I'm not the expert. But I can share with you our uh, uh, example or case of what we've done in Sharjah and it's in my own university. Uh, uh, this is the reflection of uh, His Highness, the ruler of Sharjah, this, uh, wisdom, where a few years back, uh, he and the board of trustees decided to transform the university from teaching only to R&D-based universities. So there was a lot of resources given to the university. In addition to that, 
and I wrote an R&D agenda was developed to focus on certain areas such as water technology, transport and logistics, digitization, uh, production design and architecture, uh, 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 environmental technologies. Those topics were selected based on our local companies and our local industries and also the potential of these topics. So that was one track. The second track, His Highness created a company called American University of Sharjah Enterprise. This is a commercial company designed to promote and accelerate the investment and the development of these technologies. And last but not least, he created a platform, which is Sharjah Research and Technology Park. And the mandate of this park is to take the fundamental research of the university, do the technology transfer, and commercialize those research. So what we have today, for example, in place is a significant work in additive manufacturing, which also links to the university. We have a significant work in 3D printing, especially which focuses on production and design. We have significant work in technology related to concrete, whether we are talking 3D technology, which your old professors involved in, whether we are talking about a special type of conductive concrete. So the circle is, we believe, is kind of complete. So you have an educational, arm, you have what I call venture designing and venture building arm, and you have a, a triple helix arm, a platform. We think and we hope that this formula will give us the answer of what we are trying to do. But of course, like always, the devil in the detail. So while we develop this, we need to make our university more efficient and more effective and more competitive and cost-effective as well. We need to make the right uh, uh, formula, legislation, policies, uh, fund available, and we need to create an ecosystem that will be able to attract companies. We are very proud today at the Sharjah Research and Technology Park to host one of the largest transport and logistics innovation center in the world. So we are testing next generation uh, train technology. We are also very proud to have one of the largest additive manufacturing labs. Today we print components for oil and gas, for automotive, and 3D. Also we have significant activities. So this is just the start, but of course we cannot do this without collaboration as well, which is very important, whether collaboration with local universities or regional universities or global universities. I mean, I should mention uh, the experience of 3D printing since it is one of my area of research. I remember that um, we had this talk before, Your Excellency, and I, I told you that Sharjah and Dubai are one of the most active cities in 3D printing. And we said, oh, we should talk together. And after that, they create and it was a major success. And now we have the first policy maker in 3D printing, simply because we start talking to each other. And I think this is one of the main highlight of success story that uh, from Sharjah, from Sharjah Park, 
to the world. But we always have this question, Your Excellency, that you know the gap between this and academia. And this question has been before. It will be now and also. And who should approach who? Should we create a council? And even though in every university we have industry board, yet, yet, we still we see this gap. And they usually said, should the university go to the uh, industry or the industry? Or I, I remember this idea that in each project we should have academic advisor and industry advisor. We want to, this gap, I, I believe this discussion should be resolved or it will be all the time we have this discussion. When we have this, why people deal academia and this are a different entity. And when it is the time, we put them together and we said, you know what, it is one thing. I think, I think again, uh, Doctor, I think this conversation we're having now, you can have it in US, you can have it in uh, Europe, you can have it in China and in India, wherever you are. They will, you will see many organizations talking about the same thing, about the same challenges. I always say the more advanced the synergy between these three sectors, the better result you have. So it is in our common interest as uh, academia, as private sector, as government to talk more and to have a focused approach, an efficient approach. Uh, it takes time. We should realize this. This is not something that it, can, it happens between day and night. Again, I stress, I'm very proud of what the UAE is doing. Today, we have leading you know, global university like NYU's. We have leading scholars uh, like your colleagues. And the same thing for us, the same thing in other universities. So this is a big uh, development that the UAE is investing in. The same thing applies to to different uh, industry. UAE today have a space industry. We should collectively put our minds together and try to say, okay, what can we do to our space industry? Because I don't believe one university alone can really do it. I do not believe, in my opinion today, if you ask me, can one university lead? I would say no. Okay? That's my humble opinion. We have as academia to put our hands together. If you go to US, much older universities and much bigger universities, they still work with each other on certain projects. I don't see this happening in our country. I think as universities, as academia, we need to put our hands together through a commercial project. So we identified collectively a potential project. We uh, uh, pool our resources together, plan and approach it as a venture. We engage our venture building and venture designing capabilities. We put our resources together and come. Today, for example, if I pick on the space industry, it's a big industry, the UAE leading, not only region, it's a global. It's a big opportunity, but if you look at the local content involved, in my opinion, still very humble. The same thing, for example, for transport and logistics. Today, UAE has a train. How much of this train has a local content into it? Al-Tahar train, for example. Yes. So yes, I believe yes. it's very important that universities work together, you know, and, 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 and I think in a different uh, approach. Your Excellency, you know, I usually say that when it comes to R&D, first we need our the priority of research. For example, in, diff uh, in, in different uh, 
part of the world, you know, there is many different universities, as you mentioned, they work together, and there is a priority list that, for example, let's, let's talk about water security, and I believe it's one of the important areas here in GCC. And they said, you know, University X, University Y, Z, we have this priority, you take care of this, University uh, 1, 2, 3, you take this, and each university, they know which other universities are working together. And I think the greater good in R&D um, still, the, the, the mature concept between the university is not yet there. There, are, there is a progress, as you mentioned. We are very proud, but there is area of improvement. And I believe, and personally, you may share with me that startup will will lead the university to work together. Startups, because when you have one startup uh, in different incubation and they deal with different university, then the university will start working together. And I think. Uh, instead, we're thinking the professor, they put hands together. I think the movement to have the collective collaboration, it will start from the startup. Do you agree with this statement? I think startups uh, definitely uh, play uh, a significant role in this because there's a lot of excitement in, in a startup. Of course, if we combine, I think, this with an interest of the faculty involved, of the university, then everybody's winning. I think we always should look at a win-win situation where everybody pitch in and eventually everybody gets something out. That's, uh, uh, that's uh, I, think, I think, the type of, of, of businesses, of opportunities we want to create. We want to, to, to excite everyone. We want to, be, to, to, have, to have this mentality because, you know, I think it's very important to, to formulate a, 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 a model where there is something for everyone involved. Uh, and that's, I think, uh, how we should approach it. But startups do play a big role because, again, I believe you need a champion. And, and a CEO of a company, she or he has interest because this is his company or her company. Eventually, they will make it happen. Uh, this is how I see it. I believe your excellency now in different universities, even the promotion um, uh, system have been changed. For example, most of the faculty, they go to the tenure track from assistant to full professor by publication and patent. But now they said, if you help startup, you have, you create, an, uh, you know, companies, you get a grant. These things also should be, the metric have been changed. I think this is healthy, you know, because as I said, uh, R&D, it is different now, it is a different world, especially you mentioned the technology. I mean, with the full uh, industrial revolution, R&D is not the same, not the same. So we need to change this metric in the university. And this is drawing me to the next question. I mean, we, we, we highlight the current challenge that we have in R&D. Do you think there is any future challenge that we should be prepared from now, Your Excellency? Or let's say that the, 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 the challenge that it, if we don't prepare it, it will may delay our improvement or our movement in R&D? See, again, I, uh, Dr. Ghanem, I think it's very important when we talk about R&D or anything else is to be very specific and focused. We are talking about the agenda of the United Arab Emirates. So, I like to talk, when we talk about the context of our aspiration, we talk about the aspiration of the country because that's the bottom line. The bottom line is to create economic impact and create technologies, people, uh, companies that will uh, hire people, that will create economic impact, that will create support our local economy. So 
uh, I lost your question, but uh, because I was I, mean, looking, I, think there are, I, I think there are other people are asking, so I was reading. But uh, but I uh, what was your question? Sorry. Okay, so we have we have the last six minutes. Then we have the twenty minutes for to answer the audience question. Uh, it was actually. Uh, uh, the last question, the future challenge. I think you, you answered it really. The future uh, challenge, yes, yes, yes. The yeah. future challenge, Victor, the future challenge. I think, I think when we talk about R and D, uh, we you know we have to 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 take in, in in consideration everything happening around us. We can have the best research and development programs, but suddenly we hit with we got hit with with Corona and basically put everything. You know, on hold. You can embark on certain program, then you have something geopolitically happening in the world that can freeze everything. So I think the challenges that we live in uncertain uh, time, and there's a lot of uncertainty around us. So this is very important to understand that our lives changed and what will continue to change. And we have to be very smart, very efficient in how to deal with it. So if you are telling me what is the risk, the risk is things are changing around us and we have to be prepared for this change, whether you are academia or government or entrepreneur or private sector. And whatever model we create, it has to, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, be more resilient, ad address address these this uncertainty and these challenges. It's very important. And the good thing, uh, frankly, for us in the UAE, that we are a still young, new country. Today, the UAE give, gave a best example, for example, on how they've managed the corona pandemic. I think we should continue this. I think whatever we do in the future, we should always have in the back of our head that we live and we live in uncertain time and uncertain world. You know, Your Excellency, I remember usually to, I usually tell you, you know, when we meet um, in different occasions, I said you, I have my three best word is resilience, research, and read. I believe if we create a resilient system for R and D that can handle the uncertainty, as you mentioned, the pandemic. If we have this resilient, you know, for example, most of the university outside, even if there is no funding from the government, they will sustain because they have the fundraising, they have the industry relationship, and to create this resilient R and D. God forbidden for any um, uh, disaster or something, you have a resilient system can sustain by its own. And I really like your answer. And I think this is the future, creating resilience ecosystem for R&D. And uh, it takes the effort of all the stakeholders to do that. And as, as you mentioned, we should be focused. I like that, you know, Folk and R&D, we need to be focused. I usually say to, to you, uh, Your Excellency, that there is many initiatives in R&D, but the one only survive that it is focused and they have clear agenda. So uh, again, thanks a lot, Your Excellency, uh, for all your answer and your uh, great insights. So I will start taking the question audience and I'll try to summarize the question. So we have a question from uh, Mr. Brahim and he was saying actually in his question that the nature of learning now, you know, we talk about the innovation, Internet of Things. How we can, since we talk about innovation, he's focusing on learning. 
Should we do the hybrid model as we did in Bandabit? There is certain area we can improve the innovation skills, especially when they're learning. As you said, everything started with the beginning uh, from the education system. Can we now with the hybrid system, the innovation, the technology, do you think there's a big chance to change it so that we can improve the R&D? I absolutely think that uh, uh, we can change. I think, again, the UAE has an advantage in my opinion. I think uh, absolutely the hybrid system will allow uh, us to be more efficient, uh, will allow us to be uh, more effective in my opinion. So so um, if the question is is the impact of the hybrid system, absolutely. I think, I think it's a good thing. I think uh, we just need to, uh, you know, design uh, a formula that will really give us the best out of the both. And there is any new skills you recommend to learn to be more innovation, to focus on innovation? There's any new skills that you, you may suggest to put in the curriculum and education system for our young researcher that we need to develop so that we make sure that we have a mature researcher in, in, in our ecosystem? I, I think, frankly, whatever the university today is, is offering, they all fit for purpose. We definitely need to make it more practical, and we definitely need both students, faculty, and everyone to go uh, down to the market and sense the market and have practical, uh, 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 practical approach to the market. Because at the end of the day, it's uh, whatever we do. Most of the time, it should be market driven. It should be market and opportunity driven. I'm not saying 100%, but most of the time, because that's how we will sustain R&D, that's how we will excite your stakeholders, whether it's a government, if you are a university and bringing money, the government will be very pleased with you. If you are a private sector making money out of R&D, will be very proud. The society itself today, we pride, you know, we are very excited, excited, uh, you know, uh, uh, we get very excited about, you know, development. When we see someone as, as, you know, he created something, the society will fall in love with you. If you are a university addressing, you know, a societal issue, unsuccessful, everybody will love you. And I think that's how we should approach it. I mean, you summarize really well, Your Excellency. Mark research, market-driven, economic impact. I mean, in these two sentences, you just summarize. Our research should be market-driven and has economic impact and societal impact. So we have another question from uh, Mrs. Khadija, and she's saying, um, what do you think the role of university and branch campus like NYU with knowledge-based economy, R&D, publication, collaboration? What are these? Those uh, driving forces that you believe contribute to knowledge-based economy. So, if what I'm starting from the question, you know, um, these uh, branches, campuses, you know, we have international university, NYU, uh, Sorbonne, you know, you name it here. How we can benefit the to improve the knowledge-based economy, and with all these driving forces that this international collaboration definitely it can uh, enhance and improve our knowledge-based economy. I think I think we are very privileged in the UAE to have universities like NYU or Sorbonne or others because that gives you and connects you to global learnings and global best practices. I think we should engage more with uh, with 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 their mother uh, you know mother mother universities whether it's in New York or or in in France or somewhere else and get access to best practices and and knowledge and that's I think what we need is is to really to have that strong practical, pragmatic, effective uh, exchange of best practices 
that we can learn here in the UAE and accelerate our 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 uh, uh, our our movement here. So I think those university brings a lot of value if we really leverage them right. Uh, I, I I like what you said, leveraging them right, and I think this is the key that we need to, to have this. <laughs> <laughs> so, Your Excellency, I have a question from I think Professor Fernando, and he's saying government, private sector, and university have each one an important role to play for R&D development. But please don't forget about the keeping and incentive, the participation and the involvement of experienced professional with professional background to be applied to R&D program. Plus to attract talent from retired professional who can bring to UAE professional life experience. Please comment about it. Thank you. I think uh, uh, again, uh, you know, you know, you need a talent. I mean, talent sits on the heart of everything. Whether they are retired or not retired, you need to create the right team. But I believe this should be project driven. Uh, we, you, 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 we can't just uh, develop things in general. We should identify a specific potential projects and pull up a team together. They could be retired, they could be not retired, they could be, you know, you, whatever background you need. But again, we have to be specific. And, and of course, you know, the, the best or the most rare uh, uh, resources today is human. And if you are lucky, you will get the right people uh, in your team. So if I understand, uh, uh, Mr. Fernando's uh, question, of course, talent is very important. And I think uh, it doesn't matter if they are retired or not. I think uh, the opportunity, whatever opportunity uh, gets created, you can attract them and, and form formulate a winning team. So we have a question from Professor Lara Khoury. So she's saying, I am, uh, I am Dr. Lara Khoury, Professor in Physics. As Your Excellency was talking, we should make a circle or platform between industry, investment, and government. My question, why we don't create a community of different faculty, professor, CEOs, and to put a basic model and discuss what are the priority of the market to the existing government and to bring funds? And if this community exists, why we don't share it with the new researcher and market to make the growth? Thank you. Thank you, professor, for your question. It's really interesting. Uh, thank you, professors. Uh, I am uh, new into the academic world. I'm not academian, by I'm, I, I come from a oil and gas and business background. Uh, uh, but I, I, I understand there is enough education and academic communities exist in the UAE. I think uh, the model of these academic communities, maybe we need to look at them and revisit whatever is existing to make it more practical and 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 uh, with an output and i believe uh, this should be designed again uh, based on the market needs so rather than just creating a community of course it's very important to to have community where we share and know each other and practice and 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 and, and talk and and develop our thoughts together but i think we should part of these communities identify opportunities and create groups to approach these opportunities. So at least we have an output. And even if we are not successful in the beginning, we will eventually become better and better and more efficient. Because as Dr. Ghanim, uh, you know, uh, keeps saying, and, and I would say, we talk a lot, but when it comes to output, there isn't much. 
And I think, and I, I, I think most of you would agree, today more and more people are less attracted to go and listen because people saying we need an output and we should collectively put the, you know, the, 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 the collective uh, objective rather than individual because at the moment we cannot afford to have the interest for me as a Hussein to only push my interest because I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to go anywhere alone. So unless I learn to work with Dr. Ghanim and work with with you, Professor, and with others, and we develop collectively and one agenda specific, we are not going to go anywhere. Let's face it. Yes, we are, we, we, we are privileged. We are in a, in a very rich country with a lot of resources. But when it comes to R&D, you know, we still... Uh, you know, you know, you know, not funded fully. There are people, uh, you know, funded, but not everyone. And it's not only all, also about the fund. It's about really engaging with the private sector. It's, a, it's about really engaging with the government. And that's that's what we need to do, in my opinion. Have develop community community which is much more focused, much more output oriented. I don't know if I answered. I hope I answered. Yeah, I, I, I think you, you answered really tremendously, Your Excellency. I mean, I usually say looking good and being good is a totally different game. When it comes for R&D, looking good is not enough. We need to be good. And to be good, you mentioned, we need, we cannot, you mentioned, we cannot cut and paste different models. We need, okay, it's totally fine to study the other models, but we need to study the status quo. And we apply it by our own method. And we need to be focused. And you need to realize that we understand our market. We put the greater good. We sit. I mean, this is exactly what you need. And it takes time. And it's fine to do. I mean, it's really hard to hit it in the first time. Will an arm need to develop? Will be improvement? Will little bit, maybe sometimes we don't have the target. But overall, we should have the clear roadmap. So, uh, Your Excellency, we have another interesting question uh, from Dr. Hussain, and he was saying, what the future of scientific research in the light of digital transformation? I mean, we talk about civil engineering, we talk about the 3D printing. Should we change our method to be suited to the, these new facts? And is there a plan for you to benefit from the quantity of this research? I mean, Your Excellency, do you think the digital transformation changed the game on R&D, or still we can balance between the conventional way of R&D, or we only focus on technology? Because when we talk about R&D, I think people, they only focus about technology, but there is other area, biomimicry, human well-being. I mean, how much the R&D have been shaped under the digital transformation, and they will be changed? I think it will de definitely, you know, the digital transformation will definitely enhance and accelerate, in my opinion, uh, R&D uh, uh, in many in many industries. Today, we have digital factories, we have digital education, we have digital health, we have uh, digital currency. You know, uh, so 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 uh, definitely, digitization will accelerate R&D, in my opinion. It's a new type of learnings. It's a new type of development that we need to master, in my opinion. Again, for those countries and people who will master these uh, skills, they will definitely be at advantage. Again, the UAE, we are very proud today. We are, we, we, we are one of the few countries around the world which, are, we, which we implemented a smart cities concepts. A lot of our services is digital. I think 
digitization will definitely enhance R&D and we should be prepared for it. At the moment, for example, in the park, we do have uh, work happening on digital factories, for example, digital twins. This is happening. We are using technologies like virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, uh, digital weddings, metaverses to address certain opportunities. And I think this is going to come. But again, we cannot do it alone. We need to collectively develop because these are big topics. And uh, let's let's face it, maybe the resources, financial resources is not there. Maybe the financial resources are there, but the, 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 the human resources are not there. Or maybe we have both, with you, but we don't have the market which means we have to go, develop things here and go outside and sell. So, so my answer uh, to Dr. Hussein, I think, again, this is a, another advantage for a young, dynamic country like UAE to, 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 to uh, promote. So, Your Excellency, we'll take the last two questions. So, uh, we have a question from uh, Professor Abdurrahman Sabouni, the president of uh, uh, Liwa College. And he was saying there is a need for a central research labs system that is accessible by academic, professional, investor, uh, which have research idea and project that go beyond these aiming academic promotion. Some applied research projects that are not concerned to university teaching or curriculum. Such projects can be driven by young researcher or by uh, even retired academic and professional. So do you agree with this statement? A center research lab that is free from all this academic, it is only for professional, investor and academic, and it has different ecosystem than, as Professor Saboni said, the teaching or the regular curriculum. I agree with him, but I think we are still not yet there. If I look at, if I look at our uh, universities, uh, they have fascinating labs. I can definitely talk about my own university, which is the American University of Sharjah. I can talk about uh, Sharjah University. I've been to NYU more of a, on, on the entrepreneurship side. I think I've been to Zaid University. We do have these labs. Uh, we need Dr. to dig a little bit deeper and try to find a formula where we work with these labs. Let's take a practical look. Most of these labs, they close at 5 p.m. And from 5 p.m. to, let's say, 10 or 11 or 12, nobody used them. Most of these labs, they don't work on weekends. Most of these labs, they don't work in summer. So we have to be really, when I say we need to take a practical approach, we have to really find a way to use these labs because it's expensive. And also we know for a faculty or I don't know, to, to ask for a lab, it takes maybe, I don't know, how long? It takes months yes. if they are lucky to get it. Yeah, even a, so even a small equipment, yes. <laughs> so if we have already these labs, why do we need to duplicate another labs? Let's develop a dialogue where we, we, where we could together uh, come with a formula that will allow, uh, as you said, uh, 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 private faculty or someone else to have access to these labs and formulate again an agenda with timings, with a structure that, okay, we need to push these and these will happen during this time and it will be with those labs. 
maybe you move from for certain projects the labs in Sharjah or and I, we we do it that way until we take it to the next level and i tell you and i guarantee you if if the academic sector and the you know the community in general they really have requirement the government will not say no but we 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 do have enough in my opinion enough capabilities in our hand as a country as an institution but the model and again the synergy is not there and we need to develop that synergy uh, we did something in in the park and i always think that this is the heart of the park which is we call it sharjah open innovation labs so we have tiny labs in the park for electronics for laser the, the biggest one is the 3d uh, for 3d for uh, metal etc etc and these are open and the reason we call it open innovation because it's open for faculty, student, business, whoever, NGOs to come and use. But I believe if we need sophisticated labs, then our university, they do have these labs. And I think we, ha we should have a collective leadership discussion that, okay, what do we do with these labs sitting there after 5 p.m. in the weekend, in summer, how can we leverage these labs to, 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 to produce something and also make it cheaper? I give you an example. You know, I had a very big company which wanted, local company, which wanted to do a research. And when they heard what the university wants to charge <laughs> and what the professor wants, they ran away. <laughs> Why? Because, because, okay, we want to buy, I don't know, extra. No, I don't think we do, we do need to have extra at this moment. I think we can work with what we have. That's my humble opinion. Yeah, you mentioned this, Your Excellency, about how universities have this research to be affordable, you know, and otherwise they will they will look to other options. And you, you, you tickle a very important talk uh, about the labs. I mean, most of the labs here, as you said, they are, don't have the commercial lens. I mean, in different parts of the world, and uh, that these labs universities, they do some services for the industry and they get paid for it. I mean, you can utilize this as a source of income for an R&D. These labs can be, and also I remember talking with Professor Sabuni that for the young university, they can, that they cannot build huge labs, especially in engineering. They can have a deal with other university and that will use your equipment and this subscription will pay you this amount but just a lot of students they come and use your uh, facility when they need it i mean this is when one situation so not every university they need to build a huge lab so we can have these big universities share their labs and they get another income and everybody happy with it i mean i no, think it's, it's, uh, it's not it's not easy dr ghanem and mm -hmm. i it's not easy but we have to i, I i'm not going to use the word, the word sacrifice but we have to sacrifice and we have to again we have to accept to 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 go through the hardship until we we reach somewhere because we can't get other things just easy, just buy, 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 and then there is no output. I mean, nobody will, 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 uh, will you know, it's a uh, again, it's a, it's a tough time that the world is going through. So we need, in my opinion, we need to do our best to work with what we have. There are significant industries in the UAE, the likes of, for oil and gas master, the likes of, Strata, the like of Emirates Airline, the likes of uh, Dubai, Emirates Aluminium, the like of you know our Diwa, Siwa, Fiwa, etc. These guys have significant uh, technology in place, equipment, etc., etc., etc. We need to find out. But again, Dr. Sabuni, it goes back to our objectives. It goes about, back to 
what do we really need to do? Uh, in my opinion. So, Your Excellency, we have the last two minutes. I'll just ask the last question for Professor Panchi. Professor Panchi, if I can sum uh, summarize, he said one of the main mission of UAE academic community to bring international visib uh, visibility in UAE eventually will make the country more attractive for foreign talent and will increase the human capital as a research to the country. The role of fundamental research is essential. Nearly all the major discovering, including Nobel awarded research, have been motivated by addressing fundamental questions. I was wondering about Your Excellency's opinion and the relative importance of fundamental and applied research. That means by which R&D stakeholders should maintain a healthy balance between these two. So we have around uh, two minutes to answer Your Excellency I think, about the I health think, I think, I think uh, the professor answered already. She said a healthy balance. We need to have a healthy balance. I think we should uh, uh, look at the agenda of the country. At the end of the day, uh, you know, most of the universities are supported by the country, especially the big ones. Uh, uh, if, 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 if we need to do 70-30, uh, then we focus on 30 on the fundamental research and do 70 on, on, on the commercial and vice versa. So I think we definitely need to do fundamental research. But I think today, I would say for our sake in the UAE, the educational sector needs to show industry and government that they're actually in touch and can produce something of uh, uh, a winning uh, nature, because that's what will excite the government and the uh, investment com invest investors community and the private sector to invest more in academia. And I think that's the trick we need to really work with, in my opinion. Your Excellency, it was such an honor. I usually said I learn a lot from you because I believe you you have this experience with industry. You work with professor and. Um, people like like who know are indeed the main challenge it was such an, an honor uh your excellency to host you and again to talk to you about an r d thanks a lot for NYU institute for their great effort uh thanks for our attendee it was such a pleasure and uh, in the end again i want to thank your excellency for your uh, effort and time uh, thanks for all the people who attend thank you people who um, asked the question thanks for new institute and uh, i hope that um the R&D uh, uh, movement here that uh, will go in the right direction. As we said, we are very proud what we achieve and definitely we can achieve more. Thanks again. This was Dr. Ghan Kashwani. Thanks, Your Excellency. It was such a privilege and uh, hope to see you in the future talks with NYU Institute. Shukran. You've been listening to a download from the NYU Abu Dhabi Institute. You'll find more information on our website, www.nyuad.nyu.edu institute.